And I was like, what if I asked you to suck my dick right here, lady? You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Lorian and Spencer. Dame DeLorean. Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Tuesday night, feeling all right, token Tuesday, January 19th, 2021, an eve of historical significance, no matter what happens, that's right, I'm your host, Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City, and I'm Dame DeLorean. And we're bringing another one at you. Yeah, episode 59. You are in the bowl with bowl after bowl. Welcome. It's true. Welcome, welcome. What can we say? We had a fabulous meetup. We did indeed. Friday, a no agenda meetup. That's true. It's true. Felt like freedom. It did. It was great. It was a uh, face friendly was the phrase they used, which I thought was refreshing. Yeah, one of the waitresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a gal I used to actually work with at the coffee shop. Yeah, she's red. And we saw her there. She filled me in on the whole deal. They've been face-friendly since the lockdown started in March. Face-friendly. Yeah, that was the first time I'd heard that term. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it'll catch on. I do have a uh, meetup report if you wanted to hear it. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's you see. can play the meetup report. I'm pretty sure this one's it. Let's find out together. Hey, Noah Jim Nation, it's Sir Spencer, Wolf Kansas City, here at Don Chilito's, mask-free in a face-friendly environment. Shut up, Dave. Anyways, this is Matt from Wichita. In the morning, guys. And by the way, what happened with Jeffrey Epstein? Hey, guys. This is Liz from Wichita. Love those awesome promos, Kansas City. In the morning, from an oasis of sanity in the middle of the map. This is Matt. This is Sir C. Mike, and I'm here with my smoking hot wife, the future Dame Black. I'm still doing all the work, and I could really use some help. The soon-to-be-newly-deduced Reverend Cybertrucker in the morning, gents. Hey, John and Adam, it's a dude named Clem from Wichita. Come up to hang out in the morning. Hey, it's Dame DeLorean, and we are having a blast at a face-friendly restaurant. I learned that term tonight. No, Jenna, in the morning. Yeah, fantastic. Everyone at our meetup has, like, a great... Uh, radio voice. Is Heck that yeah. It's funny. Yeah, so face-friendly means no masks. The yeah. people who work there, the employees, they were not wearing masks. Yep. There were a couple of customers wearing masks, but, you know. That's their freedom of choice to wear a mask. Yeah. Not a single sign on any of the walls or doors or anywhere even brought up masks or mentioned masks or said that you didn't or did have to wear them or there was just it was as if uh you were walking in in 2019 yeah seriously i know can you believe it's been a year it was so crazy man and it felt so great yeah Yeah, it's hard to believe it's been damn near a year and we covered that restaurant a few episodes back on bowl after bowl here 
um, before we decided to do the meetup, Don Cholitos, they made the news because of their face-friendly policies. And it was interesting because uh, the DA was on the little segment saying, like, there's no way they can actually punish them. Yeah, basically he was saying that, like, the cost of litigation would far outweigh, like, the $100 fine or something that they could hit them with. <laughs> yeah. Something like that, so... And a hundred bucks a day, like, you're going to make up for that with your service. They tried to, she was telling me they tried to, like, you know, get the DA involved and blah, blah, blah. But it's a private property, so um, they actually own all the, the building and the and the lot and everything. So it's no different than, like, having somebody at your house and um, oh. making them or not making them wear a mask. But uh, I guess then the news tried to, like, shame them. And uh, she said the business has picked up since then. So. I was going to say it had the opposite reaction. Yeah. And they definitely did. Because you remember that lady asked him a stupid question like, what if one of your patrons dies of COVID? Yeah. And I was like, what if I asked you to suck my dick right here, lady? <laughs> what if your head was as big as the ocean? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I'm glad that backfired. I mean, no press is bad press, right? So... It was like a big commercial for Don Chilitos in my eyes. It's the time code on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Getting them in hot and early. I gotta fucking know it. Gotta know it. Speaking yeah. of knowing it. Yes? Uh, the day after the meetup, it was a busy weekend. Well, I wanted to say. Oh, yeah, please. We got some uh, <laughs> Ray Isos from that. Shut up, Ray. And. No engine in the morning. We also got a Don't Eat Me Dvorak, but it's kind of hard to understand. Don't eat me, Dvorak. Dvorak. <laughs> don't eat me, Vorak. Yeah, we got to work on that. Um, Yeah, fun. The kids, uh, the youngest, we couldn't really understand <laughs> any of her crap. But <laughs> Do she, you have any of them? She babbled into the mic a bit. Do I have any of them? I think I do here somewhere hidden on this thing. Um, It would take me a second to find them, though. Yeah. There's a lot going on. We had, what, 12 people all together, which was really good turnout. Yep. Um, considering we had snow. Yeah, there was a big snowstorm and uh, winter advisory, and it was like d recommended not traveling, which a couple of people who were coming from, like, I think there was some Omaha folks that had to cancel out. Um, and I got more RSVPs than the 12 that, that we had, but. Um, I think the weather scared some people off. But in the city itself, it was fine. They had treated all the roads and everything was cool. Um, but, like, I heard on the radio some of the bridges were closed. So, and it's like some ramps were iced up and closed. So, if you were coming from farther out, it would have been a pain in the ass. Um, before we get too deep, too, I, I want to say a couple thank yous before we get going too crazy. Thank you, um, as always, to No Debit. Thank you. Who gave us this IceCast stream. I don't even know how IceCast works. <laughs> he just set one up and he gave me the credentials and he said, plug this into your butt. And I did. And so I that's how that's how you're hearing this right now live. You can also chat with us live on our zero node channel. Hashtag bull after bull. Or whatever the hell. Channel bull after bull. Pound sign. Pound that bull. <laughs> You'll find us in there. You can also go to bullafterbull.com slash listen hyphen live. And all the links are there. All the stuff. All the good stuff. Thanks also to Dame Jennifer for the awesome intro that we always use. And uh, a lot of the times we forget to thank her, but we play her every single time. So we do 
definitely love that. It's always nice to have a... Uh, May your bowls burn ever brighter. Some Dame Jennifer in your life. Yes. And then we have a few producers today. Actually, we set a record. We have three producers. Woo! All executives. So uh, thank you, Metis, for a $10 donation. That actually came in just before last week's show, but it got buried in the back office. So we found that. Uh, we want to thank him for that. Also, Sir Seat Sitter sent $15 Roonies. Thank you, Sir Seat Sitter. And then also Circus Media. Uh, I believe the handle is, oh, yes, at monetize this over on noagendasocial.com. Um, he sent us BAT, basic attention tokens. So that's the Brave cryptocurrency. So if you use Brave Browser and you turn on Brave Ads over time just by showing yourself, looking at a little pop-up, whether you click on them or not, you earn their crypto, the basic attention token. And then bullafterbull.com is what's called a uh, brave verified creator. And so if you go on uh, bullafterbull.com and any page of ours and then tap the little delta symbol for bat rewards, you can send us, you can set up a monthly contribution of bat or you can send us uh, a one-time donation. And we also have notes. I should read the notes. I'm getting kind of ahead of myself, huh? I guess so. I'm going yeah, crazy. People send notes, you know. Da, 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 da. Well, uh, Circus Media says, Just set up my Brave browser complete with crypto wallet. Tried to sync with my hardware wallet, but it was glitchy. So now I've got a software wallet, too. Sent some value to Sir Spencer and Lorian at bullafterbull.com. The crypto adventures continue. So, yes, awesome, sawsome. Thank you for that. Uh, here we are with Sir Seat Sitter's note. Uh, he just says, My bowls have been burning ever brighter. Here's $15. <laughs> All right. Short and sweet and simple. And then, uh, of course, Mr. Metis, he says, What's up, nerds? I really enjoyed the show about the Lightning Network, Podcasting 2.0. Podcast is great. But they are talking above my bald head. Oh, I'm sorry. Podcasting 2.0 podcast is great. But they are talking above my bald head most of the time. Your show provides value for me. So here's some value back. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Midas. And uh, I do have some more to talk about regarding lightning and Sphinx and all of that a little bit later. And this time I won't forget. I know I said that yeah. at the beginning of the last show. I put it in my notes too but, this time, uh, just in case. The thank yous were half of my notes, so the other half of my notes is coming up. Um, but yeah, now I'll let you intro what you were going to roll into. Well, while you're looking for any um, Asina ISOs, oh, yes. that our little one left just because they're going to be funny and completely not understandable... Uh, you said something about knowing something, and we found out something on Saturday. Oh, that's right. Because I had my 20-week ultrasound, which turned out to be like a 21-week ultrasound, whatever. And, um, we're, uh, we're not, we don't like surprises. Like, uh, you know, some people don't want to know the gender of their baby, but we do. And yes, there are two genders. Um, and so we found out we are having a boy. I'm so excited. Yes, it's a boy, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, and speaking of a boy, I do want to thank Sir Spud the Mighty as well. Um, 
He's over there in the uh, troll room every once in a while, and he told me that he would uh, pledge a hundred bucks a year to a uh, education fund if we set one up. All right. For the little tyke. So thanks, sir, Spud the Mighty. Thank you for that. I did want to thank cool. you uh, for that very much. And I'll look into getting that set up. I've never had uh, never had one of those yet, so. I need to do a little bit of research and get one going, but uh, that is super, super appreciated and uh, very touching. Now we can finally put the name to use that we have had for like four years now. Yes. We picked out a boy name before I got pregnant the first time, before we decided on a girl name, and then had a girl, got pregnant again, still held on to that boy name, had a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Now we get to use it. So excited. Yes. Oh, I would have cried, but I was so uncomfortable on the ultrasound table. <laughs> it's like anytime I have to lay on my back for like an extended period of time, I get kind of woozy. Yeah. Um, I think it's because the... He's laying on ba- your... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> blood vessels or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was all spread eagle. Like he didn't want us to miss it. I know in it, the well it was funny cuz she was searching around and I'm just watching the image like looking for some sign of a carrot and then all of a sudden she's like do you notice anything different and I was just like no but tell me yeah exactly me too <laughs> I was like I didn't see it but I I know what that means oh my god and this pregnancy has been so different for me um, I haven't had any morning sickness, which I had throughout both my other pre- pregnancies. And uh, everything has been cool. Everything has been fine. No cravings, nothing. It's just like feeling normal. Maybe a little more tired than usual, but that's not nothing. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, you know, Spence and I have talked about this a lot. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's a boy this time just because of how different everything has been. Um, but my midwife was listening to the heartbeat at her last appointment and was like, meh, 140 beats per minute could be a girl. <laughs> it's kind of high. I was like, come on. And then, um, our daughters both were convinced that they would have an, a little sister. Well, they've said both throughout though. Yeah. So. But they started sticking to little sister and Ray wanted to name her Mia. Oh. <laughs> and then, um, so the tech turned to Ray after we found out it was a boy and she's like, so what do you want to name your little brother? And Rayla was like, Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> it just came out of nowhere. And the tech was like, that's pretty good. That's better than some of the names the parents come in here with. I bet. But. I don't know where she got Wilson. Yeah. In the morning. For- we got oh, a great um, picture of the baby flash and the peace sign. I was like, yep, definitely my baby. This is her. <laughs> so, trying to find it. Sorry. It's okay. You don't have to. Oh, that's Ray. I think this is her. I think she was trying to say shut up, slave. Yeah. Say it. She said it twice before you were recording. <laughs> that's pathetic. That was the best one we got. It was that version. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so Cena didn't make it onto the cut, but. Oops. One more time. <laughs> yeah. Best we could do. Yes. 
So, 33's been in the news a lot. Oh. Yep. I mean, it's been, uh, the magic number has been very prevalent throughout the whole COVID situation. Um, and there were like 33 deaths in Illinois, 33 deaths in another state. And um, that's the only time they report their deaths is when it's 33 of them. So I didn't note those. But my top 333 this week starts off in Norway. Ooh. The Norwegian Public Health Authority has stated there's no medically proven link established between the deaths of 33 elderly people who died after receiving their first dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Well, isn't that convenient? (laughs) Yeah. 33 old people get their first Pfizer dose and croak. Yeah. But of course, no medically proven link. Now, there's a lot of um, older people in nursing homes here who are dying after getting their first dose, too. Mm. So there might not be a medically proven link, but uh, coincidence? I think not. I think not. (laughs) I really doubt it. Then in Singapore... A 33-year-old man was arrested for breaking into his neighbor's home and kissing a lady while she slept. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. She woke up screaming, and uh, he ran away. I guess he lived in an apartment close to her, maybe down the hall or something. And then um, she called the whatever they have for police, and he locked himself in and was threatening to jump out the window. But they eventually arrested him safely and he's being uh, referred to the institute of mental health for psychiatric assessment it's fucking embarrassing yeah turn 33 go a little crazy just wanna (laughs) kiss your neighbors while they're sleeping i guess (laughs) and then uh i consider it an invasion a serious invasion that would freak me out. No doubt. You got some guy kissing on you. That's how you get shot around here. Yeah, yeah. In America, you don't do that and get away with You don't walk away from that. Um, And then I should have shared this one before because a couple who was married for 33 years died one day apart from each other, oh. allegedly from COVID. How about that? Yeah. It's uh, so sad. But at the same time, I guess they were both placed on ventilators. Hmm. Well, that'll do it. But it does say that uh, the husband battled diabetes and cancer in his lifetime. Hmm. Mm, doesn't say much about his wife, but... So yet another one of those died from something else and had a positive test shit? Yeah. In my opinion, though, if you lose your spouse, going like a day later is kind of perfect. I don't know. I mean, if they have kids, that sucks. But if you died and then I died the next day, that would be some notebook shit. I'd be like, all right. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be so sad anyway. I'd probably die of heartbreak. Oh, and um, interesting news came in at like half past midnight after the show, our last bowl. Oh, that's right. Something we've been following kind of close, huh? Yeah. Uh, The ruling came in at 1222 in the morning last Wednesday. Uh, saying that Tara Hope had the go-ahead to execute Lisa Montgomery, who um, murdered a pregnant woman in 2004 and stole her fetus and tried to pass it off as her baby until she was caught and confessed. Um, and then at 1.31 in the morning, they executed her. So, uh, you know, we slept 
for all of four, five hours. And I woke up and then she had been executed. And I was like, what? After the show? Yeah. Because they had just flopped back the date. Like they transferred her. Yeah, they tried to stay the execution again. Yeah. And then they were like, nah, no, no. No. Just get it done. So it is over. She is gone. Um, The BBC came out with a little documentary on it. Um, I got it done. Saying the same things that we've seen in the news, except for a bit more polarized. Hmm. Uh, (laughs) They called Missouri desolate. I was like, excuse me? (laughs) Have you seen St. Louis or Kansas City? You watch your mouth about desolation. (laughs) And then they were like, oh, it's a Republican state, so they're all pro-death penalty. I was just like, eh. I mean... I'm not like hoorah rah, but no, I want to. You can't just keep these collections of death row inmates around. I, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, we're a happening state. Uh, yeah. Brinkamania points out Harrison Butker missed a 33 yard field goal on Sunday. Oh, <gasps> that's right. 33 was his unlucky twice, right? Well, yeah, because he missed a point after attempt as well, which is a th- always at the 33. Hmm. The extra points are kicked to 33 yarders. So, yeah. No good. He was good. That was a, you know, rough But game. then he made one <laughs> from 33 as from, well. Oh, that's right. So he redeemed himself. Heck but yeah, it's like, oh, kicker. Jesus. <laughs> Not 33 again. 33-yard attempt again. And then yeah, we so learned. With the PATs plus the field goals, there were like a total of four 33-yard uh, attempts. Wow. Yeah. Then we learned anything is possible. That's right. I don't think Henny's been talked about as much as he should after that play. Yeah, the old backup uh, saved the day for us. Yeah, we'll see if uh, Mahomes is in the game. I guess there. I think there's going to be um, a press conference tomorrow with an update on how he's doing and if he's passing the concussion tests and whatnot. Um, cause, you I know, couldn't there's... believe they called that play where he like ran at himself. So weird. That's how he always gets banged up, man. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, well, here we are. Show must go on. That was know? devastating, but the Chiefs still won. <laughs> um, might as well talk about this lightning stuff so I don't forget it. So yeah, an update on the Sphinx chat. I'm still uh trying to get with Dave on their. What they're doing is like upgrading their ability to scale and to add people. So Blueberry is still on the wait list. I've added that poor guy like nine fucking times now. And uh, every time I add him and then it tells me it's on, he's on the wait list and then he disappears. Uh, C-Mike is in Sphinx chat. So he has the app and he has the invite and he's in. But he still has to figure out how to join the tribe. So I'm going to work with him on that. C-Mike. I know that you'll shoot me a single signal message when you listen to this and hear it. So we're going to get you in the tribe. Uh, so still it's Dave and Adam in my, in my tribe with me. It's lonely in there right oh. now. But we're trying to add some people. Uh, also, I'm hoping that other solutions come out as well. As far as lightning, in the meantime, people are interested in doing this lightning thing and uh, trying to plug into this value-for-value value lightning si- situation that Adam and Dave are trying to sit up. My recommendation is to get a full node set up somehow and then 
uh, open channels to people. I'll open a channel to you, from you, both, however you want to do it. Um, I just spun one up on Voltage. I think we talked about it uh, in our big Struck by Lightning episode where I kind of went into really into the weeds about how all this works and I played some clips from Podcast 2.0. And uh, again, with the caveat that it's not all that straightforward necessarily and we're in the early stage of the stages of this. But for the long term, what I'm going to do is set myself up a Raspy Blitz, uh, which is a Raspberry Pi that you load um, some open source software onto to make a full node out of it. Basically, it's its own node, and so you own it. That's the only way you can really, or one of the only ways you can actually own your node and set your own rules. Uh, with Voltage, it's nice because it's convenient. Uh, it was instant. It just got kind of spun right up, and um, there's no hardware involved. But there is a monthly fee involved. There's monthly upkeep to that, and it's also theirs. I'm just kind of renting my node from them, you know. So if you want a node that is yours and that once you set it up, it's there, you don't have to month, you know, pay any kind of monthly fees on it. Raspy Blitz is the way to go. If you go to raspyblitz.org, R-A-S-P-I-B-L-I-T-Z, Org. There's some GitHub documentation for how to build it from parts, and I think in that uh, GitHub they also have like an Amazon shopping list for all the different things you're going to need, uh, including a uh, Raspberry Pi with a little touch display on it, uh, heat sink case, all that kind of stuff, and of course it takes a while, so you have to load the full blockchain onto it and everything. Um, it was saying like about a weekend is what you can expect to, to put it together. But once it's up and going, it's good. And then you can also do other stuff with it. So you can run like a BTC pay server off of it as well. You can do a bunch of other stuff onto it, um, which is kind of cool. And I have yet to play with any Raspberry Pis. So that'll be my first Raspberry Pi project. I just need to save up some cheddar and do it. But that's my long-term solution. And I would recommend if people can go that route, do it. Um, and I'll share the link and I'll add the link to the show notes. And of course I'll put it in the bowl here real quick too. That's the way to do it. And, uh, yeah, just get familiar with shooting lightning across the lightning network. We'll open some channels to one another. And, uh, once, once we can do that, then we can start plugging into Sphinx and other apps that allow you to stream that lightning, um, as a, as a payment, as a value system. Oh Yeah. Because we are a value for value podcast. That's right. Value for value. Uh, you can be a producer too. We have a, a donate button over there. So no matter what you're into, you can send us PayPal USDs, which is the most popular way and the easiest way. Um, but you can also send Bitcoin via our BTC Pay server. You just click that. Uh, there's a little slider, but there's also a text box below. So you can just enter a dollar amount. And it'll convert it to Bitcoin, give you a QR code, and you can shoot it uh, off to us via your favorite Bitcoin wallet, whatever you use. Easy and secure, and it's not like the same address. It makes a unique address for each invoice, so it's nice and secure that way. And uh, yeah, we always appreciate it. If you get value from our show in any way, we're always going to be value for value. So we're always just going to put the whole show out there uh, at no cost up front. And if you like what you hear, if we brought you value in some way, whether it's entertainment value, whether it's weed news, uh, whether it's insight on lightning, 
um, getting your podcast going on Lightning, which I intend to help people doing, uh, help people do, especially once I'm done with the Centric. It's only two and a half weeks left of that, Ooh. and then I'll be a free man. Although hopefully I'll be busy with some new job, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We shall see. Do you want to go behind the curtain and talk about weed? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so when are we smoking some weed? Right now. So I sent you a clip. I sent you a clip. Oh, a clip. This uh, unfortunately goes back to the Rona discussion, but also has to do with our favorite plant. Oh. In D.C., there are activists who are trying to lure people into getting a vaccine by handing out baggies of weed at vaccine sites. I'll be damned. Yes, and I've got a, I sent you a clip. It's called... D.C. Marijuana Justice. Joints for jabs. <laughs> oh, D.C. Marijuana Justice. I can't wait to hear this. Has plans in the works to have volunteers pass out free baggies of the good good at vaccination sites all around the city. <laughs> free baggies of the good good. I, I know I needed him <laughs> saying that shit. He's leaning into it, isn't he? Calling the effort... Joints for Jabs, the group hopes to use the giveaway as both a draw to bring in skeptics and, and the fearful, as well as an educational opportunity. Smoke weed every day. Now, contrary to the name, they won't be giving out actual pre-rolled joints. That what? presents a health risk during a pandemic. The plan oh, is to have volunteers you. in masks and gloves hand out individual bags outdoors. Safety first. Okay. Don't think they can't get this done either. DCMJ is the same group that orchestrated and got Initiative 71 passed in 2014, legalizing possession. By the way, that went through with 69% of the vote, so the majority of y'all seem to be with it. <laughs> 69! 69, dudes! <laughs> nice. Noise. Yeah, by the way... DC has weird weed laws. Yeah, so you can possess it, but that's about it. So yeah, and, um, it, uh, there's no sales, so you can give it away like they're doing here. You can give the weed to people, but you can't buy it or sell it. You can't smoke it in public. Yeah, as far as I know, that's still the case. Um, whatever. And then, um, in Michigan. There's a dispensary that's giving out free weed called Pot for Shots. Oh, shit. Yes. So, if you have to get the jab for work and you live in D.C. or, uh, you know, Michigan, I guess, go you get your... You're me you've come here looking for pot. Go get your free weed. Taking pot shots. <laughs> Taking nuts. No. Oscar, it says, how about knots in the bowl? How about knots? I think not. I think knots. Uh, and then another interesting conversation has entered the green space mm. with this vaccine. Because weed companies have been open throughout this entire pandemic. Right. They are a recession-proof industry, as we've said before. And so... A lot of company owners are claiming that their employees should be classified as phase 1A along with healthcare workers in first in line to get the vaccine. Hmm. Um, now, in Maryland, they did declare that um, cannabis employees were 1A. And in California, a bunch of companies 
got together and wrote a letter to policy workers trying to get um, weed workers as phase 1B along with emergency services and food and agriculture people. So I still just hate this whole fucking concept of the essential and how essential and the levels of essentialness I, for business. It's the term essential is disgusting to me. It's just fu- it's not how we do it in the land of the free. That's not how it's supposed to work here. Exactly. That's how it works in fucking communism. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works in totalitarian governments. But what the fuck? Yeah. Fuck off with that shit here. Yeah. Well, in some of these companies, um, they were writing about how they talked to like federal regulators at the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission about, you know, what they can can or can't do with their employees getting the shot. And those EEO people were like, You can require your employees to get the vaccine. Yeah. And I was like, fuck that. You want to lose a bunch of employees? But hey, I don't know. Maybe these people want the shot. It's I, possible. I, there's plenty of people who do. Dvorak claims they're all hyped up about it. They're all jitty. But I haven't seen a lot of demand here locally, personally. They're even no. Even the news clips have been playing people like quoted as skeptical about it. Or they're going to wait and see. Make sure that like everybody doesn't drop dead first. Yeah, it's more like a... You know, the D.C. activists just hand out some weed to get people to come in and get the shot. <laughs> we can't give them out. So right. maybe add a goodie bag. Oh, yeah. And I did want to add the joint part, why he said that about they can't hand out joints is, of course, because you lick the paper. Right. And that you pass the joint around. But I mean, <sighs> one would suppose that if you have the gloves on and are handing them a baggie, you okay. could have the gloves on and hand somebody a joint and they could walk away and smoke it to their face if they want. Uh, but right? imagine this. A person wearing a mask and gloves outside and then <laughs> comes and the hands weed you is a in bag a bag already. So like, I don't care if you touch the bag. They're not touching the weed. It's like, it's just so stupid. Uh, and then, yeah, there's other ways, you you know, pre-rolls aren't licked. Right. There's yeah, so many ways around. You could use honey. You gotta use a sponge or something, right? <laughs> you use a little damp sponge. I don't know, but I thought they figured this all out at the beginning that's of the, the Rona. That's with, the health code way. With the cannabis companies. Because I remember some companies were getting in trouble, or they were recalling the um, joints that they were selling because an employee licked them to roll. <laughs> right. Um, also, uh, it, this is kind of random, but Dollar General employees if they get the shot they get paid for four bonus hours oh nice yeah wow, cha-ching. but no no you can't you can't pay me it's like a what a hot 38 to be a bucks. guinea pig <laughs> right i don't know i don't know i don't think they're making 15 an hour um but even if they are boobs is having trouble loading the show i, I wonder know. if we're at our I wonder if we're at our listener limit. Speaking of the show, too, if you're new to the show or if you're uh, back for a while, we always do a topic, first time I ever, and uh, we always have fun with it. This week's first time I ever is first time I ever called into a radio show, and so if you'd like to let us know the first time you called into a radio show, all you got to do is call 816-607-3663. And the play of force may long. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. 
bowl after bowl. Yeah, and thank you, Sir Seat Sitter, for that awesome little uh, jingle. The voicemail jam is what's up, man. We use it every episode. We shouldn't <laughs> be near our limit right now, so let me just post the link right back to you. Doesn't want to load. Oh, somebody already is posting. I don't know. I don't know. We're having issues. Issues with our tissues, but most most bowlers can hear it. So. Maybe it's a glitch. Just kidding. <laughs> Enough with the glitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if I said it in the bowl, but I definitely said it on the No Agenda Social. How um, when all those people were inside the Capitol on January sixth, I just wanted to see someone smoking a joint. Uh, and I finally found people that were smoking joints oh, in yeah? the Capitol. Unfortunately, it's because, you know, their family members or friends on social media have ousted them to the feds. But nonetheless, people did successfully smoke weed in the Capitol. Freedom joints. And I was like, fuck yeah. Because Tight. there's a lot of um, prominent cannabis activists who were ass blasted about it, saying they were immature and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... Oh, fucking Dude, wham. there have been smoke at the Capitol events for, you know, on 420 and <laughs> stuff. And it's also just like, hey. Those dudes are just jealous. I can no tell shit. you for a fact. I agree. I agree because they're making a valid point. It's time to federally legalize this shit. I have know? smoked a joint on top of the Missouri State Capitol. Yes. So in your fucking face. Freedom. Tastes like freedom. Tastes like freedom. And uh, kudos to those guys. Yeah. I was glad to see it. It made me smile. Anyway, I mentioned this was a recession-proof industry. Well, Arkansas sales hit $175 million in 2020, and they're not even fully rolled out. So they're expecting double that Jesus. in 2021. Yep. Yes, this is, uh, you know, if you like money. I like money, though. <laughs> yeah, the weed's the way to go. <laughs> Smoke weed every day. Um, in Washington, they have assembled a compliance task force, which in one way is like kind of a weed job, but it's a government <laughs> job. <laughs> Their job is just to help licensees understand and comply with all the laws and requirements that they need. Hmm. And also they need to be uh, experts of sorts because they're supposed to be able to provide technical assistance at all levels. So for growers and processors and retailers and transporters, um, they can't bring violate, like they can't write anyone up for violations. They're not enforcement officers. Mm -hmm. um, and aside from doing some inspections, and some like making suggestions for how companies can get back on track and follow the rules or whatever. Uh, they are also supposed to be able to train staff. Hmm. So it's kind of like a pair of extra hands in a way, I guess. Interesting. It is interesting. Yes. Beautiful state of Washington. Gotta love it, man. I always thought a weed job would be kind of cool, but now I'm learning to code. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm just fucking meme hopping here. What can I yeah. say? Well, yeah, and, you know, Phone Boy in the bowl says that Washington has way too many fucking regulations around the shit, and it's a fucking plant. Yeah. And he's totally right. The first time I ever bought weed legally, he <laughs> was in Washington State, and I think I got a gram, and I think it was like 
52 bucks after taxes or something Holy like that. Shit. It was like fucking incredibly high. But yeah. I also was incredibly high. It was very nice weed. It, it was like some 23% or some shit THC. And I remember they had like a bouncer at the door before you even go in. Yeah. And then I, like. I don't think you were quite 21 yet, were you? I was not. So I didn't get to go in the fucking dispensary with you. <laughs> and then there was like the black glass on the door so you can't see in so i didn't even get to sneak a peek until you push the door open a little bit yeah and i was like oh there's those glass <laughs> i went in and it was like it was like if a porn shop and an apple store had a baby because mm-hmm. they did have like that really sketchy outside and like the bu- they had to buzz you in and all that and then inside you know everything's behind those nice little glass cases but like it was still concrete floors so it still did have that porn shop feel even inside but then all of the display was so nice and minimalist and uh everything was either like glass steel or white Mm. just like an apple store there's a lot of dispensaries like that in other states too but man if washington doesn't have like a you can grow your own law then that is an example of bad laws that have been written and passed but yeah the tomato model is really the ideal uh for weed it's the only way to go even though it's politically unviable it's like yes it's the it's the freeway you know yeah seeds and plants you know yeah go buy the weed seeds wherever you can buy tomato seeds it's the very first chapter in the bible god gave us that shit so what I don't understand. Don't understand. That's for us, man. Every seed-bearing plant and fruit-bearing tree, that's for us. Jesus. In Slovenia. (laughs) (laughs) What a segue. Hopping some distance here, but um, they've come up with a more simple way to measure cannabinoids and terpenes simultaneously. Hmm. I did not know this. But when companies have to send their product to labs for testing, they've had to send them sometimes separate places to get the cannabinoids tested and then the terpenes tested. And they've used different methods. They've used gas chromatography for the cannabinoids and liquid chromatography for terpenes. But uh, these researchers here in Slovenia said you can do both with the gas chromatography. And so that could save people some time and money. That's always good, saving time and money. Yeah. It's it's cool to see that all broken down when you buy legal weed, you know, and it's like 24% THC and yada yeah. yada. But it's also like such a ridiculous requirement that I they think have it, to do that. I think it's super nice as a consumer to have, but I wish it was a market solution. It's like um, the same way I feel about helmet laws, you know? I always wear a helmet when I ride my motorcycle. Every time, without exceptions. I think you're an idiot if you don't. But I don't think that you should be pulled over and ticketed if you don't. I just think you should be mocked by the rest of us who wear helmets. Because, you know, we care about our heads. But I think you're also allowed to take your own risks, and you should be. And um, this is the same way. You know, I wish that uh, only the best stuff was also, you know... I mean, it's kind of like, think about specialty coffee. Or coffee in general. You know, some of it just says ground coffee and you don't know where the hell it comes from or what it is or even like the species of it some of it just says 100 percent arabica and so you just at least know the species 
Some of it will tell you the origin and how it's roasted and where it was roasted and when it was roasted and all kinds of different details of the coffee. So, you know, based on that different market, it's going to cost a different price. It's going to be a different quality. All of that should be available. All of that should be something that you can get, you know. Yeah, totally. In the bowl officially, Booberry made it. He made it. Now if you can only make it into Sphinx the same way. I'm trying to help you, man. <laughs> I'm trying to help you in there, dude. It's got me pulling my hair out. We talked about it earlier. Midway through December, the Federal Trade Commission started cracking down on deceptive marketing claims in the CBD arena. And CBD in Missouri has been like a crazy snake oil salesman that just popped up everywhere and are like pushing it in your face. Well, all, all over the country, it's been like that, you know. Okay, well, I can only speak from my observation here, but I believe you. <laughs> well, once they pass the farm bill, right? Yeah, that federal change. Fifty state legal, bro. Fifty state legal. <laughs> they keep telling me with a straight face, like they don't even blink. Crazy. I yeah. Think, I mean, so far it's being enforced as such. So. That's cool. It's uh, that's what we like to hear in the bull call, a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. It's not freedom, but it's a step in the right direction <laughs> towards yeah. freedom, which is kind of cool. So uh, they termed this Operation CBD Seat. <laughs> oh, God. CBD Seat. So is CBD Seat... Claiming that there's no THC or claiming that there is high levels of CBD when there's not? No, no, no. Neither of those things. It's oh, um, Jesus. just when people say things like uh, CBD cures cancer, oh. CBD reverses Alzheimer's. Oh, uh, are there actually people doing the medical claim thing while they sell this stuff? There's plenty. And they've made an example out of six big companies who are now paying between $20,000 and $85,000. Yeah, you never want to make medical claims because that's a... They said one company completely made up scientific findings. That's an FDA thing, you know? Yeah. They are the only ones that can tell you what it does medically. Yeah, you can't say that. And shit, if you don't say that, then yeah, the FTC will come right up your cornhole. So, yeah, here we are. I can't even believe they were getting away with called it 50 state legal. See, in Missouri... Uh, uh, CBD is approved as a medicine, but it's in a very specific way. And I, the last time I checked, there were only two manufacturers still licensed in the state, but I haven't looked at it in a number of years, so there may be more now. Uh, I know that there's more conditions than the initial law that passed. So at first they just passed the law. The only way that you could get CBD oil was if it was made by one of these two companies out of St. Charles. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, you had to have intractable epilepsy, which means you have epilepsy, and then the intractable part means you've tried three different approved medications or treatments, and all three didn't work. Then you're allowed to get the CBD and try that. Um, and that's how the law defines what CBD is and who can have access to it. So the fact that it's in every store is just has always been hilarious to me from the, from the start. And also, yeah, it makes you wonder, like, does this even have CBD in it? Some of the oils and stuff? Like, what right. Is, well, it, what is when this? it first started, I was convinced. I was like, well, either it's illegal or it's not CBD, but it right. can't be both. But I don't really, you know. Yeah. I it had, isn't something that's been enforced. So I do remember reading an article once about um, hemp oil 
that was being sold as CBD oil, um, and it was just hemp with no cannabinoids in it, I guess. And it was from China, too. Hmm. So, like, they were importing all these oils from China. Great. Neat. Not what we want to do. Chinese CBD oil. <laughs> yeah. Sure, <laughs> it's surely a quality product that you can get uh. behind that will cure your cancer. <laughs> Well, not apparently the American Medical Association is still a bunch of skeptics about uh, medical pot use. Mm. And they are now trying. They just filed to overturn the election results in Mississippi. And they're just claiming that legalizing weed in any capacity poses a huge risk to public health. And I'm like, the AMA is such a joke. If you go back in history. 80 years ago or whenever, 90 years ago now, just about, when they first passed federal marijuana laws, the AMA was actually the only organization testifying in Congress, hey, this might not be a great deal. You shouldn't rush into this. And there might actually just be like uh, remedy uses for the for the cannabis plant. So they were on the other side of it back when, when Prohibition first started. But they're just so fucking corrupt and a part of the whole system that of course now they're on the side of the DEA and other absolute jackasses like that yeah well good news for MMA fighters the UFC has decided that weed doesn't violate their anti-doping rules you might call it dope but it's uh it's not doping in the way that they you know want the rules to convey well, that's nice. They said um, there is like a loophole, though, where it says in the um, like legalese, like unless additional evidence exists that an athlete used it intentionally for performance enhancing purposes. <laughs> yeah, um, I can tell you it. it's not really performance enhancing. No, um, but it could be like it could maybe it can, help with recovery after a lot of sports. But well, sometimes even like. A sativa and exercise is kind of nice. Sure. To like relieve a little bit of pain that you're experiencing. And you know how something you got to like get into exercising. Yeah. What if you're like a long distance cyclist? Maybe we would be like the perfect enhancement. Ooh. Just like cruising through the countryside. Just got to keep them legs pumping. Yeah. <laughs> so they said uh, if athletes start showing up, you know, smelling like pot with bloodshot eyes and stuff, they'll still have a problem. But yeah, well, <laughs> I don't see that happening. That's the funny thing about smoking a little bit of weed sometimes is that you don't look like fucking Ren from Ren and Stimpy afterwards. Right. It's like <laughs> just the normal shit, you know. And that's it's like if you drink, you can like get the bloodshot eyes and all of that by pounding five coffees in the morning. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, you know, very few people do it that way. My eyes get bloodshot because of my damn allergies. What <laughs> <laughs> oh, you? Fucking lame. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. That's what the that's <laughs> yeah. what the eye drops are for. Your allergies, okay. huh? Allergies. Mm-hmm. Okay, smart guy. Okay. I actually do have a first time I ever for next week, but. Oh, cool. We'll talk about it after the weed segment. All right, I got two more stories. Um, in Virginia, Governor Ralph Ralph Northam unveiled a recreational proposal that uh, would allow people to start purchasing, people 21 and older, to start purchasing in uh, on January 1st of 2023. It's a step in the right direction after all. Yes, a step in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Missouri could use a recreational market. No doubt, no doubt. 
No doubt. So. Everyone should have it. I mean, craft weed, you've got craft beer, you've got the specialty coffee, you've got everything else is like artisanal and nice and free and you can buy it in incredibly high quality or you can buy it in bulk at low quality or whatever you want. That's what the market should look like. Yeah. And then it creates an industry of people who can like work doing something they know things about and love. Wouldn't that be nice? It's just fair. It's yeah. just fair. It's how it's supposed to work. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. And not weed. Um, but I don't know if you saw an appellate court rule. Appellate. Appellate. <laughs> appellate. <laughs> We're behind the curtain, okay? <laughs> if my tang doesn't cart. get tongled, then I'm going to start mispronouncing things. It was the apple court, and they said, like. It was the apple court. They, they get said to the core right. of your case. <laughs> They're all a bunch of iPhonies <laughs> in the Apple court. <laughs> um, well, they agreed with the federal government that safe injection sites should be illegal because they are nothing but consumption rooms where people can congregate and do heroin together. Oh, brother. So, SafeHouse was planning to open... Um, one of these safe injection sites in Philadelphia, and now that will not be happening. It seems to be maybe not the greatest idea to me. I don't know. I don't know. I get some part of it, but, like, how is that maintained? You know what I mean? What are you essentially creating? Mm, If it's just a dope house, then that's probably not the best thing to be making. Right. Unless, like, if you've got a place where all the drugs are decriminalized, you know, then it's just making sure people are using clean needles and not sure. causing further issues. And if they want to get clean, it's a resource. Well, I guess a, ne- to. You know, a, a needle exchange might just be a cleaner way to handle that. Yeah. Yeah. And yet those are weird too, because <laughs> then you got people who have the hookup with the needle exchange and they get like 200 free needles was the case in one state we had talked about when we first oh, brought Jesus. bowl after bowl back. And then that guy, that. he's got the hookup. He knows the person. And instead of telling people, hey, you can go here and get clean needles. No, no, no. He sells those clean needles on the street. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> or I've heard of them, but like things getting broken into to those needle oh, stashes. Shoot. Yeah. Needles all over the place. All no right. Just give us our damn plants. Yeah, man, you can do it with a plant. You don't need the needle. Seriously. If you need to stab yourself to get high, then you should be, like, in surgery, you know? You should be in a medical state of being. Come on. That's right. Don't just do, you know, no needles recreationally. It's just unnecessary. There's no need for that. Well, hey, do you remember the first time you ever called into a radio show? That is a fantastic question. Um, Let me get a voicemail here, Blade. You gotta think think about about it. (laughs) Um, And this, I think, is something slightly unrelated. Let me see. In the morning, this is M. Andrew Jones. I'm calling to ask a favor. A favor? I was recently contacted by Greg Carlwood of the Higher Side Chats podcast, and he asked me if I, uh, as a all-powerful, no-agenda producer, could help him get Adam Curry on his show to talk about (laughs) podcasting 2.0. Now, I understand that Adam may not be ready to talk about podcasting 2.0, so I'm calling bowl after bowl to ask if you and your bowling league will help me apply some gentle pressure to Mr. Curry so that when he is ready to talk about it, he will go on the Higher Side Chats and talk to Mr. Carlwood about it. Higher Side Chats. Thank you for your courage, and may your bowls burn ever brighter. Cheers, mate. 
Thanks, Man. Mandrew. M. Andrew Jones. Also known as Mandrew in the bowl. <laughs> yeah, it's a Mandrew. Yes. Um, yeah, so I really wish I would was the kind of guy that could apply pressure to the podfather himself. <laughs> I'm just a guy in his basement. So um, I can only speak for myself, really, when it comes to whose show who anybody goes to, <laughs> where they speak. Um, but I'm happy to talk about what little I know about lightning. Uh, and uh, yes, I appreciate the voicemail. Thank you for calling in. This is uh, another one right next. Oh, boy, this looks like a doozy. Hi, guys. This is John Deck on deck. And John Deck on deck. I just wanted to call in and uh, give everyone an idea to think about. Um, an idea? It's been an idea for a long time, and the marketplace is right for it right now, you know, because uh, freedom is, is the... It's in, it's, it's, uh, the free, freedom is, is, is big in the market right now, would imagine so um it might be time for constitutional convention you know because uh thomas jefferson suggested that we uh rewrite the constitution every four years or seven years something like that because the older generation would uh uh gain function over the younger generation over time and all the other uh all the other founding fathers uh decided not to put that in because i think that it was a they, they really didn't want to relinquish total control um so it's time that we revise the Constitution because our biggest threat right now is not is our Constitution. That's really the foundation. It's all it's the foundation of freedom. It's it's, it's a really important that we keep that. Um, we do love the Constitution. You know, and the, the main issue is that people aren't following that. So right, a constitutional convention would be, would work. It's a nonviolent way to solve these problems, and it could be fun. It could be like a freedom festival, you know, and each 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 state, you know, gets we, we elect representatives to go in and. We look at and we uh, uh, vote on what the issues we have we want to cover the Constitution to be, um, because you know and and the way we market it to the uh, left is also really important because we could say oh well you know we ha- you guys have you guys want to have all these new rights well you guys should go for this the Constitutional Convention so that way you have to appeal to these people or or make it glamorous or something you know or fabulous to these people <laughs> anyway. Um, so I, I just, you know, I, it's just something to think about. Um, you know, the 17 states that uh, appealed to the, the to the courts for uh, for uh, a hearing on the uh, election, that they should be a part of that list of states because we only need two thirds of states to convene, right? And make a, a to, yeah, to, con- to make the con- to convene in the House of Representatives. We only need two thirds of states. We petition the, the the other states that we need. Aside from the 17 that already petitioned, and then that should be all we need, right? So that should be the solution. That's the solution right there. And it needs to get, and more people need to think about that. I don't know, but yeah. So anyway, have a good one. Cheers! Thanks for calling in. Yeah, at a lot of conventions, um, there's always like talk held on to when I've been to libertarian stuff, especially of like doing the constitutional convention route, which. Wouldn't be probably a bad idea, um, and it would be, like, historic and everything, but the problem is that everything is totally run by the uniparty of Republicans and Democrats, and you would have to get two-thirds of the state parties to back you rather than absolutely nuke you when you start out. And that's why it's been incredibly hard to really pull off uh, many constitutional conventions. 
unfortunately. But yeah, I think it would be a good idea to kind of uh, uh, help ta states take their sovereignty back. And I also think that the at-large elections of these senators was a huge mistake. The amendment, I can't remember the number of the amendments that set that up. But originally the Senate was supposed to be appointed by state uh, governments. And so the, the Senate was the House of the States and the House of Representatives was the House of the People. And so it wasn't this election fuckery that could, you know, get you in the Senate for the rest of your life. The state government would have to send you up there. And if you fuck the state over, then, you know, you wouldn't be able to hold office any longer. But these people that get elected as senators, U.S. senators, and then go and betray their home states, it happens constantly. And then they constantly get reelected all the time because of grift and corruption and all kinds of different problems, uniparty problems. Uh, and I think it's made the federal government way worse, and it's made a bunch of states like worse places to live too, have worse economies for it. But that's the problem, you know, and point to the election stuff, we've been saying it since the very beginning, like if they don't fix this election fraud, and you know, tomorrow's a big day, um, as far as shifting administrations, that that much at least is for certain. And, um, you know, what what's if 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 it's not addressed, what's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen to that. There's no reason to vote. There's no reason to do anything. There's no constitutional convention. There's no constitution itself. And you're right. Like it would be really cool if they followed it, but if they don't follow it, what do we do? We got to fuck off on our own, I guess. I don't know. How do you live outside of that? It seems pretty tough. Um, it does seem tough. He did want to expand on it here. All uh, right. Uh, this is John Dex. Continuing my idea from the last message. Um, Anyway, for the Constitutional Convention, um, it's, it's really like how you how you market it uh, and also about the protocols. So if we already have the protocol set and there's no way, if it's an open source protocol, you know, or whatever, <laughs> then there's no way that the government once once started the Con Constitutional Convention, which modern would modernize the Constitution, which it needs to be modernized because they didn't, they didn't, they didn't understand all these technologies that would come to play on 200 years. You know what I mean? Sure. So it, it's a necessity. It's not like, it's totally a necessity. And so, um, you guys made it an open source protocol. Um, there's no way they could, uh, sabotage or, or take it over, take over that. And it would lead to a third party system that would roll over the, the old power structure. It would be a huge stress and they don't want us to have a constitutional convention. convention yeah, definitely I mean? not. Yeah. And if they don't have it, because two thirds of the states, with, with, you know, if they don't give us, they don't let us convene in the House of Representatives. Yeah, they're, if, they, if they don't give they're that, they're just going to shut it down. With yeah. two thirds of states, then we, then that would be a suggestion. That would be done the correct way, the way that the Constitution was written, and the way that our founding fathers wanted to be done. Not this stupid crap that's going on right now. So <laughs> whatever. Um, that's my ideas. Yeah. Check out. Thanks, John. That was. Uh... John, thank you. Great job. That was very good, yeah. Yeah. I can't argue with that. Constitutional convention would be nice. Re-updating this whole system would be nice. But it, it also does come back to, like, if the rules aren't followed, there's no point in updating the rules or changing the rules or voting on anything or any of it. Yeah. Like, there, it becomes totally pointless. The government becomes completely something separate from the people rather than run by the people. Uh, now, Trump in his farewell address today did say that uh, that's what they accomplished, that they got that done, um, that they restored the government by the people. And so 
you know, it definitely went in that direction for four years. Um, but we'll have to see if it stays that way. I certainly hope so. And uh, I think we push for it. But uh, we also know, Jesus, what, what Biden and all of, all of the people that he's selecting and surrounding himself with, what they all represent. That's not good shit. Yeah. I still feel the mantis energy, though. I agree. It's still like, ooh. I well, would say, you know. Watch and wait. It's like in the in the scouts, they always said, be prepared. And it's like, get ready. I am ready for anything that happens on the scale from nothing to everything. Yeah. You know? And nothing could happen or everything could happen or anything in between there. Who knows? And I will be ready for any of that. I do like the solution-oriented conversations, though. Yeah. About possible next steps. It's definitely, you always got to be thinking about it, right? Right. <laughs> got to game theory it out. Yes. Um, yeah, so the first time I ever called in a radio station, I was probably seven or so. Oh, seven? And it would have been to request some song for my parents on their anniversary, like dedicated to their, to to my parents on their anniversary. So that was the first time I ever called. I don't at all remember the song or the station or anything. It was probably like, it was most likely the soft rock station because that's what we listened to a lot. And they had that Delilah show syndicated. I think it might have been Delilah that I called in. Delilah, love someone tonight. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was the uh, (gasps) Delilah show. That's sweet. Do you remember what song you requested? Like I said, no, I Uh, I forgot the song. Don't know, it was so long ago. That's sweet. Um, My first song was similar, but not so sweet. I was uh slightly sour. Slightly sour. <laughs> I was probably around twelve and um well it there's it was the same thing. I was requesting a song, but it was for myself. And um I'm pretty sure it was in the end by Lincoln Park. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Even though I had hybrid theory on C D like But they took my request, they played the song. Yes. Yes. Nice. You gotta love that song. Yeah. I feel like in the end gets so many spins now on the alt rock channels around here. But I remember back then they were playing like crawling, not in the end. And I just wanted to hear that damn song. Mm. Now I hear it all the time. Uh, we did have a caller. Let them know their first time. Okay. Calling a radio station. Well, the first time that I called a radio station, I asked for, I asked for a song. I think it was in the morning or afternoon i think i asked for rage against the machine and then they wouldn't <laughs> play it and uh. then they stopped me to like introduce a song so i did that and that was pretty cool nice but i like i like calling into radio stations it's fun anyway love you guys love you carolyn love you <laughs> guess what 33 second voicemail oh beautiful you win you win um Phone boy called us with a different first time story. Okay. He's always bucking the trend, trying to <laughs> set the next one. Hey, bowlers, it's phone boy. So, What's up, phone uh, boy? I don't think I've told my first time I've ever smoked weed story, but uh, uh, maybe I have, or at least I you know, didn't really get into it. But I did, uh, actually, it's probably reason why is it's a long time ago. Uh, it was more than 40 years ago. I was six years old. 
uh, yes, it was my mother. And yes, my I have often said that my parents are drunk stone hippies or were drunk stone hippies. And yeah, so uh, I also had that. Uh, other adult, multiple out, adults man. at young ages had um, allowed me to uh, partake of the uh, the holy herb, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you know, as an adult, I don't partake in it very often, and you know, I don't I don't have an issue, of course, if people actually do do it. Sure. But um, as I say, you know, I mean, I have I've had it as an adult, just not very recently, of course. But um, yeah, that's kind of how my dad I'm is. I'm all about uh, you know, it's, it's like Jello Biafra, you know, the, the world would be better if we all grew more pot. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good things that come from not just, of course, the drugs, but the you know the, the you know hemp and such that. That it's a shame that all of that is illegal. I think we know why it was made illegal because uh, the alternatives were, uh, you know, were, were well had a lot of profit behind yeah. them. And uh, the marijuana was, uh, was or, you know, or I should say, hemp was a much better product. Uh, Hearst. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people made a lot of money off mm-hmm. of the alternatives. So, yeah, and that's why we're still trying to get it, uh, trying to get it legalized in lots of places, and yeah, there'd be more of that. Uh, so. Anyway, smoke a bowl for me. Bye. <laughs> Cheers, phone boy. In the bowl. In the bowl. Yeah, uh, DuPont, uh, Hearst. Yeah, a lot of fucks had uh, pulp paper and petroleum plastics to sell, and they didn't want hemp stepping on any of that. So they helped Harry Anslinger make it illegal <laughs> so they could corner a market and form a monopoly. It's wonderful, isn't it? Isn't it great? Isn't it lovely, the system that we live within? Dios mio, man. Uh, but we aren't going to set that to the FTI topic next week because we're saving that one for 420. Because 420 is on a Tuesday this year. All right. How perfect is that? So we'll be bowling on uh, 420. Probably do something silly and special for it. Cool. we got a long time to plan it. So. so what's next week's first time I ever? So next week's first time I ever, I like had it. Right in my mind, and then I've set it down somewhere behind the curtain, and I can't. I'm oh, done looking for it. But we did have a, a couple more voicemails. Oh, cool. Maybe we'll find it. Hey, bowlers. Hey, oh. Hey. The first time I ever called into a radio station. Um, I don't really remember. You know, I used to call in a lot when I was a teenager, though, uh, to a local station. Kiss 107.3, where they played all the coolest in, um, in like, you know, rock, pop sort of music, Gin Blossoms, Wallflowers, the Rembrandts, you know, that sort of thing. So I'd call in and request Nirvana, and they're like, that's not on our playlist. <laughs> and I do it all the time. Um, but then, you know, karma has this way of working back to you. When I worked at a radio station uh, at the age of 19, I would have people doing the same thing, <laughs> calling in. Uh, I worked at a classic rock station, and they would call in and uh, request things like, you know, Nirvana uh, <laughs> or or things like that, which, uh, you know, nowadays, technically, that's yeah. on classic <laughs> rock stations. But at the time, it was not. Oldies, so even like, in some well, cases, It's not really actually. on our playlist, buddy. Sorry. Uh, but eventually, it was because the station was going out of business. They told me so. I was like, well, if it doesn't really matter, can I just bring in my CDs and play what I want? And uh, to a point, I was able to. I just had to uh, mark down pertinent information so they could 
pay the correct royalty fees to wow. uh, uh, whatever publishing companies. That's but I started fucking playing, awesome. uh, uh, you know, my kind of music, more yeah. rock, not so much classic rock, stuff like Tool, whatever. But that's besides the point. I'm getting away from it all. <laughs> Calling into radio stations. Used to do it all the time and request things that I knew they wouldn't play. Um, <laughs> speaking of, can you guys play a song for me? Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh we got this stick. Oh, real boy. Trolling the DJs. Got it. Got him. Got him. <laughs> oh, we got a we got another one. Ooh. From Fletcher. Hey guys. Hey. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> y'all uh, talking on the show about uh, having a boy. Congratulations, by the way. Thanks, it dude. reminded me of um I think it was one eight hundred collect these commercials on TV. I might be showing my age here, where uh they were talking about how high collect calls how how much they cost. And uh so it had a little skit where somebody gets a phone call and they go, "Will you um, accept the charges for a collect call from We Oughta Baby Eats a Boy?" And uh, then, then that was it. They like declined the charges because they heard everything they needed to hear. They were oh, having nice. a baby, and it was a boy. Nice. And uh, your news of having a, a son just reminded me of that commercial. And uh, congratulations again. Love Thank you guys. You. Oh, and one more thing. Wilson! <laughs> Wilson, indeed. Yeah, when she said Wilson, man, the first thing I thought of was uh, Tim's neighbor on Home Improvement. That's funny. Peeking over the fence. Well, you just watched that Last Man Standing episode, too. That's true. So it was fresh in the mind, the Wilson man. No, I watched that episode after the appointment. Are you certain? Yeah, because I thought, whoa, synchronicity. Hmm. Maybe you're right. That'd be wild. Yeah, it was at night. It was wild, it indeed. It was wild. You want to go bowling while you're looking for that first time <laughs> I ever for next week? Fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. I got to say, as soon as you said I got next week's, I was like, shit, I should write it down right now uh, and ask you what, asked it what it was. <laughs> I didn't, but I've learned my lesson. Stupid me. So, uh, Missouri has been wild this week. Uh, one lady, she had been saving all of her scratch tickets that her son got her for Christmas. And I guess she won like a buck here, five bucks there. And so she gave them to her son to turn in. And she said, just get me more scratchers. Well, he came back with scratchers. She won a million dollars. She got like the mega, mega prize on one of these scratchers. That is the scratch and dream. No doubt. <laughs> and then uh, another Missouri lady, she was reunited with her class ring after 42 years of missing it. Nailed it. Yeah. Her husband was contacted by a man in Texas who bought it secondhand for $3 and was like, I think this belongs to you guys. Dang. Yeah. Good work. And he yeah. brought it to them. Good people out there, man. That's justice. That is. That's cool, man. <laughs> Good for that guy. And then my my uh, other Missouri story here is that uh, over in, uh, let's see, where was it? Over by, yeah, St. Charles, St. Charles. Um, <laughs> some cops got a call because there was an ostrich walking through traffic. 
Whoops. Who let the ostrich out? Who, who, who? He was someone's pet, an exotic pet. Oh, Jesus. Not even like one of those exotic farms or the zoo, perhaps. No, just someone's pet. Just someone who had an ostrich in an apartment that doesn't allow pets or some shit. Probably, yeah. Oh, my God. The ostrich named Clyde. Clyde. They, uh, yeah, they don't know how long he was on the loose, but they wrangled him down. Glad you got don't him belong back home. here, man. <laughs> no joke. Sorry, dude. All I can think of is that clip. It's a fucking emu. It's an emu. <laughs> that guy walking his emu. <laughs> it's an emu, you can't. You can't. <laughs> and then, more St. Louis news. Oh, boy. They discovered a beer cave from the 1800s that was used for storing the beer. A beer cave. Yeah. Uh, I guess they had seen, like, a cave. They thought there might be a cave in this location. And they just put these, um, like, not microscopes, but they stuck these cameras down there to yeah. take a peek-see. Mm-hmm. And they saw it, it's, like, 30 feet wide and 7 feet tall. Perfect beer storage. And, you wow. know, St. Louis is, like, hot spot. Sure, yeah, they did prohibition For pretty the good. Prohibition over there. beers, yeah. Not quite KC level style with it, yeah. but yeah. still had it. Still had a strong market. It's true. Yeah. So that's cool. That was a lot of crazy Missouri stories. Missouri uh, men. We raised some hell, what can we say? This was a funny story. As a dog owner myself, I know that vet costs can be expensive. Of course. Ridiculous, in fact. But this man Spent $400 on x-rays when his dog started to limp, only to discover that the dog was imitating him. Oh, no. Because he had just broken his ankle. So he was limping and he his said, dog started limping. Yeah, a few days after breaking his ankle, his dog started limping with, you know, a front paw. Dogs that really are man's best friend. Yeah. I'll go through this with you together, man. <laughs> Crazy, but I would be pissed if I spent four hundred dollars just to have the vet be like, uh, there's nothing wrong with every your dog. time every when time you go into the vet, man, and whether there's something wrong or not, you're just like, Please, Bill, don't be high. Please, Bill, don't be high. And then they give you the bill and the bill's like, Wow, I am really high. Oh, seriously. My favorite example, just to give you more time to look around for that F tie, was um oh, our dog started just shrieking for no reason. And he had been hit by a car a year prior. He is a 12-pound poodle mix. Um, So, tiny guy. (laughs) Hmm. And we brought him to the vet because he was just shrieking. You couldn't go near him. He would not move. Um, And they did x-rays and all this stuff. And she's like, well, there's nothing wrong that I can see. Maybe he has a pinched nerve. I'm going to give him opioids. Hmm. and prescribed him opioids and i was just like are you kidding me and then i heard like a few days later when i was like so i'm just i'm not solving the problem i'm just giving my dog painkillers then i remember hearing michael savage talk about bringing his poodle to a canine chiropractor and i was like chiropractor for your dogs are you joking me (laughs) but i was like well it's worth a shot because i just didn't like drugging up my dog you know, all he did was sleep then. Yeah. And I'm and I know in the back of my mind I'm not solving whatever the issue is. I'm just drugging him up. And so we 
I looked up canine chiropractors and there was one nearby and we took him to her. And after that first visit, he was back to himself. Hmm. That was the craziest shit. Canine chiropractors. They're actual lifesavers for some dogs. <laughs> yep. Pretty crazy. Yeah. I do have next week's after. Oh, good. Uh, first time I ever purchased legal weed. Okay. So every any time you bought pot legally, like they gave you a receipt for it, and I'm including the CBD pot. Oh, okay. That includes that because you still buy, buy you still go in and buy it and get a receipt for it, and it's definitely mm. pot. It's like, pot, yeah. Uh, those blunts that we got that were like those CBD blunts. I mean, they were tasty pot. I mean, it didn't really. It wasn't. There was no THC in it, so you didn't really get roasted or anything, but. It was not an unpleasant experience. That was one of the better CBD buds I've ever had. Well, yeah. How about 2018? You're walking by the head shop in Kansas City. Right. And you look in the window and they've just got canisters of bud behind the counter. They had QPs, bro. Yeah. They had QPs in vacuum sacks. Like... (laughs) Oh with like gosh. a $1,600 price tag on yeah, it. Yeah, and you're like, are you selling and I was like, weed? <laughs> Bro, what did I miss? Are you, Do you have a QP of Bud behind the counter? Are you crazy? What are you doing? And that's where the, it's CBD, it's 50 state legal, bro. The state quote legal. comes from. 50 state legal. It blew my mind. 69 times. Yeah, well, you know. Dan Veets didn't completely agree with <laughs> yeah with that. He said that uh, my instincts were right in thinking that there's no way that's legal, but uh, I don't know. Seems there's no enforcement. Yeah, that's which fine. is good because you know if they can sell CBD buds, then they can you know maybe put some like good THC buds <laughs> next to it, and you know any enforcement walking by will be ah oh, they just sell that CBD. That's CBD it's a step weed. in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. Or it might have been a, a whole pound. I don't know. That would sound... I would... But, yes. For 1600 bucks, I'm hoping I'm getting a pound, but... I can't quite knows? remember. Little... It was the enormous bag. It was the enormous bag vacuum seal. I'm a dad now. Fuck. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm a dad, okay? I don't know my shit, bro. <laughs> when it comes to $1,600, I don't know what the fuck that means when it comes to weed. So too much goddamn money. I had two more weird 33 stories. That yeah, didn't it make was my, just CBD, sorry. My top three 33. Yeah, if go, hanging on to the CBD thing for a minute, though, it's crazy because with the legal CBD market that was established in Missouri... I'm pretty sure they had to process the flour down into oil for their patients, though. Right, yeah, it had to be oil. So to see the flour is just like, the fuck? Flour freaked me out, definitely. They're selling weed. They are, yeah. They're totally selling weed. Just doesn't have THC in it, so it's, uh, it passes all of the loopholes currently. (laughs) Apparently. Ridiculous. (laughs) It's been working for a few years, so we'll see how it goes. So this lady was walking up to her apartment when a man grabbed her, unzipped his pants, and started trying to rape her. Uh, She bit his hand, and that made him run away. Oh. It's worth noting, this woman is 33 years old. 
Oh, well, look at that. So if you don't go cuckoo at 33, you are also, you might be a magnet for cuckoos. <laughs> you might bite rapers away. <laughs> bite, bite the rapist. It works. You got to do something. Bite the rape away. You can't just like pull your pants down. Okay. You can't just take it. No. No. Nope. We're not going to take it. No. We're not going to take it. We had another (gasps) FTI voicemail. Okay. Let's hear it. Coming in hot and fresh. What up? Uh, What up? The first time I ever called into a radio show would have been Nick the Rat over the fall. Solid. I believe it was in September. I don't even remember what the episode was about. It was a little bit of a weird day because I had found uh, my biological mom on Facebook after looking for a couple of years. Oh. And then I feel like I remember uh, that. later in the week of Thanksgiving, I'd find out that she'd actually passed away uh, early into 2020. Hmm. But oh. at the time, bad, I just huh? wanted to talk to somebody that wasn't anyone that I knew. And Nick Lorette was right there. It was a good time. Uh, we actually didn't end up talking about my mom. It was mostly about torn shit. But, yeah. uh, yeah. Have a good night. Good night in the bowl. That's a great first time. That is. That's cool. That's fun to talk to Nick the Rat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should call in again. See, since the since the class started, I haven't been hitting my podcast schedule like I want, like I used to do in a certain time when I really got into it. I dove all the way back in this last time around. Um, We do have a show title out of that transcription, though. Thanks, boobs. Because... <laughs> uh, I think you said Nick the Rat was all right or something. Um, it was Nick the Rat all night. Some, but it said Nickerette was right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what it came up with. Nickerette was right. Nick the Rat was right there. It was a good time. Oh uh, yeah, Nick the Rat was right there. That's what. That's what you said. It said Nickerette was right. Ah, uh, these transcription bots keeping me in work. Yep, <laughs> the bot just cannot do it like a person can. No, but that's why they're doing all this work and listening to all our voicemails so that they can try and get there. No doubt. Last story of oh. mine. Let's hear it. Last roll is uh, another 33-year-old was driving for a rideshare. Mm-hmm. Um, the law enforcement didn't say which one. Um, when his passenger killed him. Oh. Yeah. What? This is in Dallas. This is like one of those, um, what do you call it? Like an urban legend to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> guy was just a rideshare driver when he was axed. <laughs> it doesn't even say how they, how he was killed. Um, but the guy was robbing him and he didn't comply. And now he did. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's no good. No good at all. You can't. But since it's a national story... It's pretty rare that that happens, I'm guessing. Yeah. I would hope so. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure it used to happen with cabbies, too. Oh, yeah. For a fact. Ah, cabbies. Ah, cabbies. Remember cabbies, man? Hey, remember cabbies? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. We got class early in the morning, and it's at campus. It's not virtual. Womp womp. So it's probably a good time to make our way out of the bowl. But thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight on your Tuesday. It's been a great one. Gotta get some rest. Go to bed early tonight. Yeah, I've tomorrow, been. Tomorrow's gonna be a weird day. 
Weird all around. No matter what, man. Mm. (laughs) It's going to be weird. I promise. You heard it here first. Well, I've been Dame Duh Lorian. And I've been Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. (laughs) And until next time, may your bowls burn ever brighter. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Wow. I am really high. I feel stupid now. Um, it's the weed. This is serious.